Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Giving you the Bill of Rights in Banners today. Freedom from want. Freedom of speech. There's Mr. Washington himself. Freedom of worship. And of course, freedom from fear. Yours to fight for. God bless America. And that is how I started uh, this podcast tonight. It's Bill of Rights Day, and I think it's important to remember, like New York City's Federal Hall remembers, and George Washington's statute shows us that our freedom is worth fighting for. Our Bill of Rights is worth fighting for. All right, well, it's hard to believe that now two years ago, I believe, maybe even three I was at a campaign event for my next guest, and I call him a friend. He's not just a guest; he's a friend of mine. Uh, we connect a lot on social media, and we we've just we've talked here and there off the air. Uh, David Bressler, how are you, sir? Happy holidays! Oh, same to you, Alex. And it's great to hear from you. And um, I totally agree with what you said. We not only got together on the campaign trail, but we became friends, and uh, we have kept in touch on social media and once in a while. Uh, via phone uh but it's great to hear from you i'm glad you're healthy and uh doing well now last time we had you on here and thank you and i'm glad you're doing well i know you're in florida we'll get to that in a little bit but last time i had you you were running a race it was the 26th assembly district in new york and david i brought you on with this idea that i'm proud you did run because i feel like a lot of these seats every two years are uncontested. So my first question is, as a candidate, did you decide to run because you saw, hey, why is the seat unopposed once again? Well, I, I, I yes, that was one of the reasons, uh, Alex. I believe in democracy, and I don't believe in giving someone a free ride. They have to earn the trust, and they have to earn the votes of uh, their, their constituents. So I didn't want to make it easy. But I also ran because I didn't like the direction of the city. And I was one of the first, Alex, if you remember, that called out the far left, the, the radical left, um, when it wasn't that known. I was the first one to uh, criticize, uh, you know, the abandonment of the uh, SHSAT and, uh, you know, putting jails in our neighborhoods and closing Rikers Island before it became fashionable. So I was like ahead of my time. Uh, the reason why we, we lost that year as much as I'm a, I, I like our president in New York at that time during the midterms, Republicans, if you remember, locally did not do well. Even incumbent Republicans lost, like in Long Island, where they always won. So it was a tough well, year. Well, the big one that year was 20. The big thing was on Staten Island, which just got reclaimed by a Republican, Nicole Malakakis, right. who was actually at that event, if you remember correctly. Yes, Nicole. Nicole uh, endorsed me, and she just and she just beat uh, Max Rose, who beat the incumbent uh, Donovan um, at the time, um, Congressman Donovan. So yes, you're right. It was it was just a it was a bad year for Republicans, and um, you know for a newcomer in politics, as you know, I was a businessman, um, regional manager for Entenmann's Cakes all those years. Um, it was the first time I ran for political office. I actually got 35% um, and about 12,000 votes compared to his, like, 20,000. But registration-wise, it was three and a half to one 
Democrats to Republicans, and he didn't beat me by three and a half to uh, to one. So that just shows you I got Democrats on my side. Look, a loss is a loss. He beat me convincingly, but what I'm trying to get at is we 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 gained some traction in our uh, in our agenda. We just didn't have enough because of the um, anti-Republican uh, viewpoints. Um, well, right. And no, I agree. And also, I just think that um, the fact that 47 districts, again, this assembly time went uncontested show that, yeah, we need to get more Republicans out there and more people just to contest these incumbents. Uh, I like to say it's incumbent on us, the people, we the people, to knock out the incumbents. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it could be done because I have to give credit to the guy that 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 just lost in District Twenty Six, John Skelos, um, young man. Um, I think he lost by ten percentage points, fifty-five to forty-five, and he didn't. Ha- and and it, it had to be a tough for an unknown um, in politics to get forty-five percent and to campaign during the pandemic. I give him a lot of credit. That just shows you. Republicans obviously did. It was a different year. Republicans in 2020 did better locally, obviously, than 2018 all around the country. You know, that's why the House of Representatives um, lost a lot. Democrats lost a lot of seats in in Congress and they lost a lot of seats in the local elections. So Republicans made a nice comeback in 2020. Uh, And I think because they won a lot more than people predicted. (laughs) Unbelievably. And the guy that that ran um, for the Republican Party in District 26 in Assembly really gave a good gave a competitive um, race to to Bornstein. So kudos to him. Um, that's why I think you know if I didn't move uh, to Florida, I probably would have uh, I probably would have ran again. And who knows? Maybe I would have won. Uh, only saying that because I had the name already. You know. If, if I ran and the, the community knew time. you, uh, if I remember, you the were, community knew me. You were yeah. president at the, uh, at the remind Bay me Club. Again, yeah, at the Bay Club, and people. That's how you started there, and you grew your campaign from that that community. Yeah, exactly. So even though John did an excellent job, I think I might have been able to overtake Bronstein because Republicans did better. Um, they people were very unhappy with their um, you know no bail. The, the no that bail too. reform. Uh, I mean, that was a terrible thing. Uh, and so I think, um, you know, if I stayed, um, you know, good things could have happened. But, you know, and, you know, life is, you know, does throw you some twists. And uh, I decided to move to Florida and um, I'm happy here. And there might be a there's thought of me, you know, running uh, for a congressional seat in 2022. You know, um, I'm, I'm thinking Ooh. I'm mulling it over and I'll let you know. You yes, know, so, please. Uh, David, I've got to ask you this, though. You, you, you said that you were not a politician. so, And I thought of this as, as I was walking along the empty streets on Saturday night. I said, you know, people, regular people, everyday business people can roll up their sleeves like Trump did and win in the assembly. And I think that's what you were thinking, too. I think he must have inspired you, right? Yeah, he definitely inspired me. I, I, I think um, he wasn't a politician. I wasn't a politician. We both had reform ideas because if you remember how we got to how we first met, you were on the on the committee for the reform party. That's right. And yep. you got and you guys, you guys 
were different than any other uh, party committee. You really wanted true reform and reformists, you know, and you saw that in me and I saw that in you. That's why we hit it off. Um, and I think uh, Donald Trump was like that. You know, he wasn't the same old, same old politician. I knew I wouldn't be the same old politician. So, yeah, it gave me it gave me motivation and incentive uh, to run. Um, unfortunately, in, in 2018, it just was a tough year for Republicans. But, hey, look, we're making a comeback. You know, um, he may even make a comeback in 2024. Who knows? Yeah. Or he'll, he'll definitely have an influence in the party. He's definitely the leader of the party. And uh, and we'll see how uh, if we could take over the House, you know, uh, in 2024 and win even some more local elections. And I'm excited. I think the local elections in New York are up for grabs, uh, you know, uh, next time around because the city is in such bad shape, Alex. You know, I don't live there, but I hear from so many friends that it's just they've never and I'm talking about Democrat friends, by the way, not just Republicans, that they never saw the city um, in such awful shape, you know, um, well, during and that the is pandemic, why... the riots and, and, and et cetera, you know. No, that is why I want to bring you on, because I think you can tell us but from an inside view as to why you ran for assembly. You could tell us, yeah, the state legislature is so important, isn't it? I mean, if we had common sense assembly people up there, couldn't have they talked into to Cuomo doing it, doing things differently instead of an agreeable all across the board assembly, which we have right now? It is vitally important, Alex. He gets a free. There's no checks and balances right now. You know, that's why I'll give you the example. That's why the Georgia Senate race is so, so important to this country, because if the Republicans do not win, there is no checks and balances on the Democratic, the far left party. At least if the Republicans regain the majority in the Senate, there will be a checks and balances in New York. We do not have that. We have a majority now in the Senate a majority now in the assembly and we have a democrat a radical left democrat governor who thinks he could do whatever he wants whenever he wants and that's why these policies these crazy radical left policies get passed because the republicans no matter how much they shout it's all about votes and they just don't have them so yes to your question it is vitally important and that's why i ran because i knew the assembly was far from going to be republican but someone's got to start somewhere you can't have the attitude oh we're we're never going to regain the assembly well one day we will i'm not saying it's going to happen in two years but we got to start thinking uh, on four years or six years for our children and grandchildren's future because new york is going down the pot going down it's it's just so awful. You know, I, I, I'm in Florida, and I saw pictures of Macy's being looted. Macy's 34th Street. It's a miracle I thought I was in a third-world country. It's a miracle they didn't I, 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 after that, actually. Yeah. I, I, Alex, I, ne- I, I was astonished when I saw it on TV. I thought I was looking at a third-world country. I really did. It was just so sickening. Because New York is the place that I lived with, lived in, for 61 years you know florida is now my home but new york i'll always cherish you're a queens boy right that's where you, you i'm a queens at, boy <laughs> i ran out of there I, I was raised there by my parents yeah i'm a queen i'm a whitestone bayside queens boy my whole life so, so um you know i bleed it you know you're in florida and you're observing but 
I know you're connected to Phil Ornstein and others up here and business owners. What are they telling you uh, from from the you know battleground, so to speak, of trying to keep these restaurants opening? Uh, what are you hearing that we may not be hearing in the news? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's there's protests and there's the owners are 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 protesting. They're marching. I mean, they're doing as much as they can uh, to, to avoid these these lockdowns. Some some of them are not are ignoring the lockdowns, you know, and won't pay the fines. Right. Um, and I don't blame them. Look, you know, it's been proven. We 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 have better control of the pandemic now than we did in March. In March, look, I wasn't happy about the lockdowns. I think everything should have been at 50 or 25% capacity instead of lockdown. That's my opinion. But I understood why they locked down because they didn't understand the virus. But I can't comprehend it now, Alex. Not in December. Not in December. First of all, we're getting a vaccine out in a few months. Second of all, Yes, even if there's a rise in cases, the president's right, there's more testing, but there's not a rise in deaths. And that's the most important thing. Not that I want anyone to get um, coronavirus. It's not a fun thing. It's not, you know, we don't want anyone to get it. But if you get it and survive, that's the most important thing. In March or April, you you got it. There was a risk of dying. That that's a major major concern. So I understood why they'd use those those tactics then. Don't understand it now. It's so much better controlled. We wear masks. We wash our hands. We socially distance. We're so much better educated in December than we were in March. Lockdowns is a political stance to hurt Donald Trump's economy. Uh, rebound. That's what it is. Even though he's not, they don't think he's going to re- be reelected. They want to show that uh, Donald Trump did a bad job until he leaves office. Well, here's what I'm that's my about. take on it. Here's what I'm nervous about: is these lockdowns now are just setting us up for like a national one again under Biden. I'm I'm very nervous about that actually. I am too. I am too. I uh, I, I think they want to make Trump look bad, and then uh, and then who knows with this. Uh, new president is going to do. Uh, I'm very concerned about it. The economy, the stock market uh, was getting, it was rebounding a lot better. Where Was it where it was uh, before the pandemic? Of course not. But Trump did a nice job in, in getting us uh, back on our feet. And um, I'm, I'm afraid that momentum is going to be lost with the new president. Uh, and I would also say, um, I think it's okay for for anybody to criticize everybody, you know what I mean? Like I feel like no one, oh yeah, is, is a freak. But I feel like in today's world, no one can blame Trump and Cuomo. I just say you can call out everybody for their actions. I think Cuomo has just acted on his own impulses and not really the data, as he says. I think really Trump could have done something differently with the testing. I think De Blasio is just out to lunch on everything. So it's okay to say all these levels did not was not fortified but i would say trump said we can we can open up faster and no one want to listen to him so there i'll give him credit for that and the vaccine yeah i'm i'm agreeing with you i thought the testing was a little slow um but again alex i i don't and i'm not i'm not looking not to criticize trump i've criticized him on other things even though i was a supporter of his but 
it was so new. This is such a new, mm. you know, no one knew anything about it. It took everyone by surprise. So if you stumbled at the beginning, I really didn't criticize Cuomo and I didn't criticize Trump. It's, I start criticizing them after six months, after they understand the disease, the scientists mm-hmm. understand the disease, and then you could get things in motion. After six months, if you're doing the same thing you did at the very beginning, then there's something wrong. And that's why I criticize Cuomo. Cuomo wants to do the same thing he did in March. Let me tell you this. Don't you think? intelligent. No. And don't you think we were supposed to use those measures in March as like a precaution to have it never happen again? I thought that was the whole point. Exactly. It was supposed to stop it, you know, and not let it, uh, you know, um, rise or elevate. But even if it did, because it's a tricky look, it's a tricky, it's a tricky disease. It's very contagious and it's hard. But to have the same solution when you have better data and better understanding of it doesn't make sense to you. Where Trump didn't didn't go for that. Trump didn't refuse to lock down again. Trump said, be cautious, go at 50 percent capacity, but open up the economy because otherwise you're going to have other issues on your hands, which he said, like drugs and alcohol and suicide, because people aren't going to be able to make it. What good is it preventing people from having the disease and then them suffering in other other areas? It just doesn't make sense. So, well, you're in Florida, as you had mentioned. Do you feel mm-hmm. do you feel kind of helpless? Like, not that you regret moving down there, but looking at what's happening, do you feel kind of helpless? Like, oh man, I wish I was there to to fix things. I know you said that earlier, but I want you. To explain yeah, I, 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 I do. I do, Alex. I mean, look, I love the Florida life. Selfishly, I love the Florida life. But I've always, since I've been single and I never had children, I've always given back to the community. You know, some people give back being good parents and grandparents, and that's their and that's their life, and that's a great thing. My parents were like that. Since I didn't have children. I gave back volunteer jobs such as being on the board and I wanted to be elected to, uh, you know, um, to, to, to be, to be of service to my community. And now I think with the Republicans getting stronger in 2020, I think with me being well known after the first election cycle that I lost in 2019, I think I could have, uh, I think I could have won this and I think I could have contributed um, some common sense uh, judgment in that assembly. Even if I didn't get the vote that way, at least I could speak up and, and maybe turn a few votes um, if they heard my common sense approach, because, you know, I, I, I would speak out, you know. And then in my community, in the community where I would be the assemblyman, I definitely felt I could help out during this pandemic, during these riots. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I, I, I miss. I think I could have been a good public servant, and I think I lost the opportunity. But, you know, hey, that's how life is sometimes, right? <laughs> it is, and I think God has us where we're meant to be. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you feel that, too. I'm, I'm sure I have to believe faith is getting you through this, you know, every day. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know I'm not in New York, but I know I'm meant to be here at the same time. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, if I talk to you in two years and I'm elected to Congress in Florida and I help out the Florida and I help out the United States and I help out – you know, um, the Republicans, uh, you know, regain control of the House, possibly. I think that would be a great, you know, that would 
be a great achievement of mine. But, you know, I'll keep you posted on all that. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I definitely public service is in my is in my blood and is in my future, I think. I really do. And that's why I wanted to contribute in a small part of it to the community that I now live in by being a board member. I was going to say, you're still, commu- you're still contributing to your community, which is uh, kick-ass, David. I, I love oh, that. Oh, thank you. Um, Thanks, Alex. And, you know, you've always had these common approaches, but i got to ask you about something fun. Uh, in addition to the political world, you do do extra work. Have you done been an extra this year alone uh, during the pandemic? Have you been shooting? No, I haven't. No, there's not... There's not much opportunity in Florida, which I was surprised. There might be, Alex, once the pandemic is over. But really, New York is the place. If you're going to be um, in background acting, New York, New York is the place. So I gave up um, my uh, my second love, uh, which was uh, background acting. You know, after politics. But I'm doing pick. But I'm making up for it. I I took up a new sport here, pickleball, and I love it. You know, I don't know if you know what pickleball is. It's a, it's like on a, and it's on a small size tennis court with a, with a wiffle ball and a paddle ball racket. So a combination of paddle ball and tennis, fun sport. So that that is fun, uh, and and it's just something to keep that. <laughs> so you're staying active, though. I guess is the point is that it, for those yeah, who I'm might staying feel active. Like, yeah. For those who feel like they might have lost touch with you, I mean, you're not out of touch, right? I mean, people could still reach you and, and still talk to you about all of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I still stay in touch with the New York people and Phil and the, the Republican Club and uh, the people from the Bay Club. Um, so, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not out of touch. I felt a little – I probably felt a little bit more out of touch due to the pandemic because I was, I was going to come back for the summer you know, uh, to New York, but because of the pandemic, I, I decided not to. So I would have been in New York for a few months and uh, definitely would have stayed even more so in touch. But yeah, I know what's going on. I know all the topics. I know all the hot buttons. I know all the races that, you you know, we just talked about. Um, so I stay in touch. Uh, you know, I'm still in touch with you on, uh, on um, you know, social media your old friend John, I'm on social media with yes, too. Yes, John Scandalius, uh, the man. Yes, um, so he's a he's a great guy, um, and I, I met you the same day. And I'm in touch with the. Uh, I, I, I'm drawing a blank of his name, but the the Frank he Rana, was the probably. No, not Frank. The one that was <laughs> uh, that I met with you three in Long Island. Oh, Bobby Kalatsky. Uh, uh, Bobby, that's it, Bobby Cal. Yeah, I'm on touch with him on. Uh, social media so i stay in touch um i've also met some people uh, in florida you know um in broward county you know they have a, a strong republican club i met them i got fired up and then uh and then the pandemic came and that kind of uh you know eased things a little bit here but yeah i still stay in touch i still stay involved politically i still stay involved with my community so the place has changed, but I haven't changed. You know, that's what I'm about. You know, I don't have children or grandchildren, so uh, my community is like my children and grandchildren. You know, I look to give back and take care of them, and um, and it makes it a better place for for so many people and for myself. And, um, you know, that's the objective. It's not to get caught up in power and 
politics and greed. And that's why I did it at my age, Alex. You know, I'm 62. Mm. I I started in politics at 60. I wanted to be established, so I wasn't a young kid and tempted to do things that weren't right, you know, where I think so many politicians are in Albany. That's why it's so corrupt. Um, that's why they're there they're 30 years. They, they started at 30. They're now 60 because they started young, you know. And they stayed there to collect every penny they can get from their paycheck, it seems like. Sometimes. That's right. Um, and that's and, also a point I want to bring up with you because um, I just feel like some of them don't even care about their constituencies anymore. You pointed this out earlier in your district, but I'm sure you're hearing that in other districts too. I, I, I That's why I don't understand why the uh, constituents just vote Democrat straight down. There's so many of them that have been there for so long, don't care, um, collect money, do other things. You know, it's a part-time job, the assemblyman. First of all, they got a huge raise, you know, that went from 80000 to 110000 And second of all, they have other jobs. They don't focus on the community. Uh, they know they're there. They know they have the D in front of their name, which is Democrat. And they don't feel they have to work hard for their community or their constituents. And that's and that's that that's the beginning of our conversation. That's why I went in there, because it used to get to me that these people lack the care of the people that elect them and show them confidence every year. And then after a while, it just becomes like an automatic deal. And I don't get it. Mm. I just don't get it just because they're a D doesn't mean they're the right person. And that's what I told my constituents. Just because he's a D and I'm an R doesn't mean he's the right one. I'll actually be a better assemblyman for you and for your children and grandchildren here in this community than he will, because I'll, I'll do the work. He won't. I'll fight. He won't. And do you, uh, think, um, do you think there's been apathy? Like there's just, we have been plagued with apathy uh, that it's just a check the ballot, then go home, not get wrapped up in the fact or, or not even notice about an assembly seat that's there, but uncontested. Like, I feel like it, we've become, uh, I hate to say the big apathy instead of the big apple, but I feel like there is a part of that that's led to the empty streets in New York City right now. There is apathy. There is. I mean, you take the you take the Blasio winning on a landslide, the, the his reelection, 18 percent of the electorate voted in that in the mayor's in the mayor election a most important position in in our lives in new york city and we only 18 percent turned out to vote of the of the of the electorate that is ridiculous and then alex i think i told you this when we last spoke about a year year a year year and a half ago on your podcast when i went door to door they did not know ed bornstein's name the man has been an incumbent for, mm-hmm. at that time, it was eight years. Now it's 10 years. So I I got votes, Alex, because I went to the door. I got Democratic votes because they saw me at the door and they saw that I cared. But I couldn't get around. We just didn't have the money to get all the uh, uh, the ADs, uh, the, the EDs, excuse me. So we, uh, you know, so what they did, what that proves to me, they just went, those that didn't know me just went straight the Democrat, and that's not how that that that's not how you vote for people in such important positions. You have to vote for their what they stand for, their work ethic, what they care for. Are they going to come out to the communities and 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 show people that they 
will get things done, um, whether it's schools, more things for more technology for schools, uh, better roads. Um, you know, let's have a resolution to, um, you know, overdevelopment in your own community so it's not crowded and uh, it's and it's safer and better police uh, protection, et cetera, et cetera. They're just voting for they're just voting for a D. And they're not taking into these accounts. I mean, we have some serious issues in New York. I mean, we're letting prisoners out. It's like a wild, wild west, and people will still vote for D's. So are they apathetic to your point? Yes. Do they do the homework? Some do, but a vast majority do not. And I had people tell me that they voted D because their mother and father and their grandparents voted D. It's not the same Democratic Party as it was when their parents or grandparents were around. It's not the Kennedy years, that's for sure. No. Uh, and, you know, not, he actually Not even the Clinton out, years. It's not even right? the Clinton years. Because they both spoke out in favor of God. That was the first thing that I think of, is they both believe in God, and yet this party seems to, some of them anyway, don't want to recognize him. Hey, you know, you mentioned earlier on that the Republicans are on a hot streak, and I think... Uh, I think this pandemic could energize New York Republicans, couldn't it? I mean, I could see that happening. It's just a matter of them getting the right media coverage, too. I think that's part of that. Yeah, well, here's here's my take on it. We're on a hot streak, but not for the right reasons, okay? We're on a hot streak because the Democrats are destroying things, okay? We've got to... We've got to be able to fight better Republicans and get better organized and get better candidates and really go after them. You know, the only reason why we're on a hot streak is because they created their mess. But that's not that. But that's going to be a short term, Alex, you know, because eventually they, they will fix their mess. But if we get smarter and better um as as we uh, as we let them try to fix their mess, then then we really could gain traction, you know, in the local elections, and that's what I like to see. You know, right now we're underfinanced. We're uh, we don't have strong candidates. We don't have strong um, party Republican Party uh, lines. Uh, if we can get stronger there, um, and then while they're still fixing the the, the the mess they created, I think we could be powerful in a few years, but we got to get better at what we do too. And I mean, we Republicans and we're not there yet either. That's why we never, that's why we never come close. Mm. Um, And, and true. Yeah. There's apathy and true. They go Democrat down the line. But if you, if you had candidates that worked as hard as me, um, I'm not saying they're going to win, they could gain some traction and then we and then run again and then possibly win because we did have an organized campaign under under Phil Orenstein. You know, we, we, we just didn't have the money. You see, we didn't have the money. If we had the money with our organization skills, who knows what would have happened. Definitely in twenty twenty we definitely could have overturned it. So we need good candidates, candidates that are willing to work willing to resonate with the people's needs and wants and really be out there and find out what's bothering the people, what the issues are. Too many times we're guessing at it and we don't get out there and we we do meet the candidates nights and we think that's enough. 
I didn't think that was enough. I would, after meet the candidates or before meet the candidates, I think I told you on your podcast, I was out knocking on doors, going to the supermarket. I was out there to 10 o'clock at night uh, because voter contact is the only way that you'll get your name out there and that you'll find out what the real issues are. I mean, overdeveloping was not a, a big issue when I first went into uh, – my uh, campaign boy it became an issue and how did i know it i went in the streets i saw it for myself and i heard it from the people how how democrats voted for me because they didn't do anything with the overdevelopment of uh, their neighborhoods Mm. and that's the type of thing that we need to get alex on the local level and if we could do that while the democrats are fixing because they're going to eventually fix their mess i mean there they are in a they are in they a just real fix mess right now. First, I'm just kidding. But... Yeah. <laughs> Look, but, you know, I don't. You, you I don't know what I'm saying, in, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't fully believe in that whole thing. By the way, I was just making a joke. It just feels so yeah. weird. What's going on? Hey, I, I, I hope, I hope both. I also hope both parties can fix themselves. I think the Republicans can do better too, in a lot of ways, and I think we have to focus on that. But, David, you know what today is? Uh, December fifteenth. It is Bill of Rights Day, and um, yes. and maybe you have a thought on how electing, you know, how important the Assembly and state legislature, the Senate too, can be in upholding our Bill of Rights. And I don't think they're doing that very good right now, actually. Yeah, well, I that that's the thing uh, is that right now it's democratically controlled, uh, Alex and and Governor Cuomo has a free pass for everything. And that's that that's a disaster in governing and managing a state and city effectively and um, and you can't do it that way. And and that's why the Republicans have to go to work. And and to your point, I think that's the purpose of this phone call is why do we have too many uncontested elections? We need people, you know, even if we get five Republicans, Alex, in an area in Queens, we're happy with that. But then you have like 10 open, you know, Mm -hmm. unopposed. Um, And then, you know, you have the, you know, weapon is always unopposed. I mean, Ira Harris did it. Ira Harris ran against them about four years ago or six years ago. I don't remember. But he runs unopposed. The woman in um, the woman in District 25, uh, Niley, I forgot her last name, uh, Rancic, Niley Rancic, she always runs unopposed. Uh, lately, it was Bronstein and John Skelos that we ran against Bronstein the last two times. Before that, he ran unopposed. Um, so the party's got to really get together uh, and find out how they could become stronger with uh, better donors and better financing and better um, organizational skills to help uh, cultivate candidates in every district. So this way, if you have them running in every district, you're going to, you got to get a few wins out of it. Not only that, you would shake up the establishment of Albany and I'd be so excited if that happened. I just, And, and you'd make the Democrats spend money. Right now, they don't have to spend money, right? Because well, they're not only that, they're compla- they, while we're complacent by allowing 47 unopposed districts, the Democrats are also complacent in the Absolutely. way they handle their, oh. their seats. 
complacent and, and lack of care. They don't care anymore. They're busy doing other jobs. So, yes, we we, we got to make strides in the assembly. Uh, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I ran. Um, everyone was running unopposed. That's not that's not fair to the um, to the electorate and the constituents, you know. So, um, but it's a long it's a long battle ahead. Um, I was willing to do it. This I give this young man John Skelos credit, and the others that ran the other Republicans. I give credit. Um, you know the, the you know I give Joanne Joanne uh, uh, the the leader of the Republican Party. She ran for uh, borough president. You know, she put she put her name in the hat, so she she tried. Um, so there's a lot of people. Um, you know, George Santos did a nice job. He he against um, the incumbent Tom Swazi. Um, George Santos, a Republican, they ran. He ran for Congress in the Queens and the Nassau Nassau district. I think he got like 42 percent which is a nice run. You know, any type of Republican gets over 40. It's not a win, but shows that they're gaining traction. Right. Um, in a blue, very blue and, state. In a very blue state, yeah. So if we could get more people like John, and George is a young guy, and this John Skelos is a young guy, um, the Republican Party is starting to show signs of, of development. They just got a lot more work to do because, as you could see, you're um, – you're astute politically. You see a lot of unopposed um, seats. Uh, you know, well, I, I, my, my new slogan is empty ballot choices lead to empty streets. And that's what we're seeing yeah. right now. Hey, Dave, yeah. one last thing, because you did say you ran into yeah, sure. the division, uh, regional division. You're an employer mm-hmm. here. Well, if you were an employer here still and you were running a company, a plant or whatever you, you were running, couldn't you open and operate your business safely? I mean, isn't that, it might be harder, said, oh. it's easier said than done, but it can be done. You would make sure it was done, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we would be very sanitary, you know, we'd be extremely sanitary. I think we were anyway, because we dealt with food, but we'd be even extra sanitary. We'd make sure they follow the procedures, you know, wearing masks and, and, uh, and washing your hands and, and you could be socially distanced in delivering, um, delivering product. You don't have to be on top of people. Um, cause the, the, the deliveries are in the early mornings, so it's less crowded. Um, so yeah. And, and in bakeries, you could be, uh, socially distant. There's so many ways you could do it, Alex. I, I we, they didn't close. Edmonds didn't close. I I know people that work there. They didn't close. They needed those. Uh, they needed the food industry to uh, deliver because the supermarkets happened to flourish during this time because restaurants were closed. So the only pl- place that people got food was either takeout or at the um, at the supermarkets. So they definitely um, we definitely didn't close. Um, and it and it could be done safe. Could, could it be a hundred percent? No. Could someone catch it? You know. Um, walking the street or making a delivery with someone in the store. Yes. It's not going to be a hundred percent foolproof, but it certainly wouldn't um, cause us to um, have, uh, you know, an alarming uh, a number of people if we followed cautiously all the um, policies and, and, the, and the guidelines of uh, the CCD. Well, David, this has been great. And as a Queens boy, another thought just came up. 
Steve Cohen for the Mets. Are you a yes on that? Are you excited about that or what? Yes, yes, yes. I'm a Mets fan. I still am, by the way, as I am a giant fan in football. Um, yes, I'm a Mets fan. I'm excited the Will Ponce are gone. <laughs> I'm excited that Brody's not the general manager anymore, that they brought, they brought back Sandy Alderson as president because he's the one that um, brought him to the World Series. He and, he and Terry, so, yes, yes sirree. Uh, yes, and I miss and I miss Terry Collins. I thought he was an excellent manager, and they shouldn't have let him go in the first place. But I think he retired from baseball. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about the Mets. I think Steve Cohen's going to spend money, and I think he's going to spend it wisely because he has Sandy Alderson to evaluate the talent. And they'll, and I don't know, did they hire a general manager? I didn't hear it. This Porter did, you know? is his, they they did hire a GM. This Porter. Uh, let me see. Oh, okay, that I didn't hear. Okay, so I'm excited, Alex. So next time we, next time we speak, maybe they'll be independent or something. <laughs> Jared Porter go. uh, was uh, Diamondback senior vice president the last four years on professional. Scouting, oh yeah. So, okay, yeah, so, so hopefully he'll be the 40, right man and work. So. He'll work well with Sandy, you know, because Sandy knows what he's doing. And God bless Sandy. He's getting better from his. I believe he had cancer. It was in. Yeah, yeah. He looks good. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, good. Good baseball man. Good operator. And I'm glad he's back. And um, I'm glad Steve Cohen owns it. He's aggressive, uh, and they needed that. And he has money. You know, the Wilpons were always worried about spending. So uh, you need to spend it. You know, you need to spend it wisely, but you need to spend it if you're going to be competitive in today's sports. And as a fellow businessman, you watch that and you're like, "Wow, oh so yes, businessmen can yes. own a baseball team." Exactly. I, oh no, I'm pro businessman in politics and owning baseball teams. Well, and George uh, Steinbrenner, they, you know, when he, they've been through it. Well, and when George Steinbrenner bought the Yankees in '73, it only took him four years. I actually could That's see right. Cohen do it in less, to be honest with you. I love the pictures of you, by the way. I saw on Instagram of you and Steinbrenner. You know, so that's great. He, he was a good. Yeah, I heard he was a good man. I know. I know people said he was tough, but I heard he was one of the most charitable men um, ever. You know, he had a good heart, and he didn't brag about it. You know, he kept it uh, confidential. All the good things he did. I think he wanted the tough image, but I think he had a big heart. That's what I heard about him. Um, oh, but without I, a doubt. Without I gave him a lot of credit for the Yankees, though they won with him. There's no question about it. He was he was a master at at owning that team. He really was. Well, David, keep on following the trends. Keep on following our state legislature and do come back when you got some exciting news for us. Obviously now two, I years, will. two years is going to be the next time, but there's always stuff happening in the running up too. So stay in touch and good luck if you do enter that race in Florida and with your new, what you just got elected to, good luck with that as well. Thank you, Alex. Great, Always, always great hearing from you, my friend. Stay well, you and your family. You too. Uh, David Bresler was my guest tonight, former candidate for state assembly. I'm Alex Garrett. Our Bill of Rights, we can fight for them every day like David has. Even if he, you know, as he's not running for assembly right now, he's looking to fight for our rights. And we can too. It's in our, our destinies in our hands. So with that, I'm Alex Garrett. God bless America.